been one of those weeks. You ever had one of those weeks before? I mean, just bad thing on top of bad thing just happens. and I mean, you can't really even imagine. I can't even put into words how I, I feel. I mean, mixed emotions, the funeral, the darkness... It's been really tough. You ever just want to see Jesus? You ever just you ever want to feel his presence? To know he's there. I mean all all the things that have happened, all the bad things. I mean lots of lots of of guilt. Lots of things I wish I could have done differently. I've, I've played it back in my mind over and over again and said, please, why did it have to happen this way? I knew better. Why did it have to happen this way? Last night, I didn't know what to do. Just me and my friends were sitting around and I said, we we got to get out of here. We got to do something. And so I thought, you know, I got the boat. You know, if we can just find a place to put it in the water, we can go fishing. Because fishing, you know, it just, it just lets everything go, right? And I could, I could forget about all the things that happened on land and instead I could just, I could just be out there on the boat looking at the stars <clears throat> and maybe maybe some of that guilt maybe some of that anguish maybe all of the past will just go away and so I convinced them we decided to go all get in the boat it's not a really very big one it's kind of small but you know, we were out on a place that didn't need a whole lot. <clears throat> so me and the other six guys, we, we hopped in the boat and we went to my, my favorite place where I like to go fishing. It's, it's where we went for the longest time. <clears throat> well, b- before this all started in the first place. <clears throat> and let me tell you, <clears throat> I hadn't done too many things well lately. And I'm not proud of a lot of the things, but let me tell you one thing I can do. I can fish. I'm a good fisherman. I mean, I'm, I'm really good. It's, it's what I've done for a long time. I mean, I, I got it from my father. Me and my brother, we, we fished a long time. And so there was just something so, you know, I want to say therapeutic about hopping into that boat and pushing it off the shore <clears throat> And just heading out on the water below the moon. And just trying to get away from it all. <clears throat> Most of my fishing adventures involve <clears throat> some bragging. Maybe the really good fish that we caught, but this one was like on top of every bad thing that's happened. What's worse is now I've forgotten how to fish. <clears throat> 
My friends were making fun of me. My brother was on me too. He said, I just lost my touch. If he only knew. I had lost so much more than that over the last few weeks. I thought it was going to be enjoyable. I thought it was going to be consoling. I thought it would be a way to get away from it all, but it didn't. It was all still right there, and even in the darkness and the moonlight, nothing was coming together like it should, and I just, I got so frustrated. Why can't, just one fish, can't something good happen? And there was nothing. The more I fished, the more I cast, the more angry I got. I wanted to blame God. I wanted to ask Jesus where He was. If He could just be in the boat with me. But He wasn't there. It was a bad night of fishing. And so, we nearly had given up and there was one more spot that James wanted to look at. So we headed over to that area being that I had struck out on every other time. And we get a little closer to the shore. I mean, we're probably just about a hundred yards away. I mean, we're right there and I knew this wasn't going to be a good spot and The sun was starting to come up just a little bit and we could see some guy who was walking along the beach and he hollered at us. You know, it's what they always do. How's the fishing out there? What do you think how the fishing's out there? Do you see any fish? We hadn't caught anything yet! And then you know what he does? He starts to tell us how to fish. Like you know... You know this boat I'm in? This was my father's boat. Me and my brother, we had a job. That's what we did and we did it well. We know how to fish. This crazy guy on the shore yelling at us. Throw it on the right side of the boat. I'm going to throw it somewhere. And I don't know. I have no idea why we even listened to him. Maybe out of desperation, but I'll tell you why I wanted to do what he wanted. Because I wanted to prove him wrong. I'm a fisherman. I know where to throw my nets. And so we, we picked up our nets and threw them in there and watched them start to sink. And we waited there for a few minutes and... I didn't see anything near those nets and I was anxious to pull those nets back up and show it's empty. Maybe a boot in there, I can throw it at the guy. Just to prove to him he has no idea what's going on. I thought the quicker I pull it up, the sooner I can show him he was wrong. But the longer that I hold it in, the more I prove my point that I know what I'm doing here. But then the, the water started to churn a little bit and we thought maybe we might have something. 
it's just so funny. Thomas was right there, and I said, I, I think we have something, and he does what he does best. He doubted me. And so we started pulling that net, and all of a sudden it started pulling, and as it got closer, we just saw fins and tails and eyeballs, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And the more we started to pull it out of the water, the more that the rope started to creak and the more that the boat started to tip over. And I realized there is no way we can get all these fish into the boat. It's just not going to happen. And all of a sudden I realized it's not about the fish. Who's the guy on the shore? And I looked up and I said, it's the Lord! It's Jesus. He's the one I've been wanting to see. After all that's happened, and, and I grabbed my outer garment, I put it on me, and I jumped out, in, out of the boat. The last time I did this and he was around, I was on water. But this time I sank. I didn't care. And I started to go all the way towards him. Forget about the fish. Forget about my friends. I was going to see Jesus. And I got up to the shore, and I was hit in the face with this smell. You know how smells tend to trigger memories. Sometimes they're good memories. The smell of flowers, the smell of mom's home cooking. This one was different though. It was the smell of a fire. And all of a sudden, my soaked clothes, they didn't drag me down near as much as the feeling of despair I had. The last time I smelt that smell, I was around a different fire. And I told those guys I didn't know who Jesus was. And I called down curses. Oh, maybe being back in the boat isn't such a bad thing after all. But the look in the eyes of Jesus said something different. The look He had overpowered the smell and the memory. And instead, He called me to breakfast. You know, Jesus loved to sit around a table and eat. He loved to sit around the table and dine together. And there on that beach, that cool morning, there was breakfast for eight. I finally realized that the fish and the guys were back. They were heading towards the shore and Jesus asked if, if we would bring some of the fish. So I went out there and, and, and we had to just drag the net onto the shore. And we caught a haul of fish. We counted three different times. 153. I've never caught that many fish ever. It was just like when Jesus did several years ago when He had called us before to throw our nets on the other side. Jesus is up to His same old tricks. Here He had invited us to a breakfast. 
and called us to be a part of it. But there was still some tension in the air. I wanted to get so close to him. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to say, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I know I said I would die. and I, I, I'm sorry. I messed up. But I was too afraid to. After we had the bread and the fish, Jesus asked me this question. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? If you weren't there, you might question what these he was talking about. Maybe he was gesturing to the other apostles. Do you love me more than these guys love me? But that never really had been an issue. There was never a a competition over that so much. He gestured instead to a net and to a bunch of fish. Do you love me more than these? What a silly question. They're just a bunch of fish. But I knew he wasn't really talking about the fish. He wasn't talking about a net. He wasn't even talking about a boat. What he was really talking about, is there anything else in your life that's more important than this? Is there anything more important than a relationship with Him? What is it in your life? I mean, I guess, I guess if I had been a carpenter, He could have pointed at a pile of wood and some nails and a hammer and said, do you love me more than this? Or, or maybe if I was a seamstress, He could have pointed and said, do you love me more than this, these fine purple clothes that you have? I don't know, maybe, maybe for you it would have been different. I don't know what you might struggle with putting ahead of God. For me, maybe it was just the familiarity of being on the water, doing what is comfortable and what I can do best. But I don't know. I don't don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what Jesus would point at to you. It wasn't about the fish. It was about... It was about whether or not I was really going to follow Him. (laughs) I was a little heartbroken and taken back by His question. And, And I told Him, Lord, You know I love You. And He, he, He said this, He said, He said, feed my sheep. Well, that was a humbling question. But I felt that he was offering some forgiveness through it. And then after a few minutes of silence, he asked it again, a little differently. He said, Simon Peter, do you love me? And this time he used a different word, not the agape word, but the word phileo. Do you love me like a, a, in a brotherly love? And 
I said, you know I love you. And he said, take care of my sheep. And it wasn't bad enough. He asked a third time. Peter, do you agape me? That perfect love that only God and His Son can offer. He was asking me if I would even attempt to, to have that towards Him. And my, my response was, you, you know I love you, Lord. And His response was simple. Feed my sheep. I don't think he could have done it any better. And I know I'll never go back to that boat. I know that there's nothing in this world that's more important than what Jesus offers. He could have given me a a pat on the back and said, oh, that's okay. Instead, He showed forgiveness in a different way. He said, I want you to be on my team. That's what He said. And right then and there, I knew that my past wasn't important anymore. That I wasn't going to look back anymore. And I certainly wasn't going to go grab the net and go back towards it again. Instead, he said, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. You see, I knew I was out. I'd messed up. I'd dropped the ball. I denied him. I cursed him. I ran away. And I thought I would never be able to hear the sound of the rooster crowing. Because it would remind me forever of how how I'd failed him. But now, when the rooster crows, I think of the sun rising. And I think of how He forgives. And how He says, I'm not going to leave you in your misery. I'm not going to leave you in this shallowless job of throwing out nets. Instead, it's going to be a greater call. That's what He's called me to. I'm in the kingdom. I get to be a worker. And I want you to know that no matter what's happened in your past, no matter how bad your week has been, I want you to know you just got to drop the nets and you got to trust that Jesus has a plan for us that is far greater than we can imagine. And what He wants us to understand is that He forgives us and He says, I have called you to something greater. The keys, forget them. The checkbook, drop them. Whatever it is that you think that's so important, don't let it seem so important because what is really, really important, what really matters is that Jesus rose again. He left me with these words. Words that I'll never forget. He said this, Follow me.
that would not be the worst week in Peter's life. Instead, it would be the greatest. It would be the time in his life where he accepted the call to follow him. Jesus would prophesy on that shore with the smell of coals and fish. He would talk of Peter's faithfulness. Peter's sacrifice. From history we understand that Peter would end up going to the cross and he would die. Not for the sins of the world, mind you. But instead, for a Savior who took His. The message of John 21 is quite simple. Don't get lost in whether God has forgiven you. Folks, it's already been done. There is nothing more that God could have done. He gave everything that He had. And when you ask, does God really forgive me? Does Jesus' blood really cover me? The response from Jesus is, I've got a job for you. I want you to follow me. This week, instead of trying to lead people, let's back up one step and let's just try to follow. This week, let's follow Jesus. And by doing so, others will find themselves walking down a similar shore and realize that God has forgiven them and hasn't given up on them. This morning, may you hear the words, follow me. Hear those words and follow Jesus. If we can help you this morning, please come as we stand and sing.